Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. I didn't even that. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Head over to the website and use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Believe, that's B L E A V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage, it's the best in the business. From sports, Right down to your ve- your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to Eagles Unfiltered, presented by the Believe Podcast Network and powered by BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag, the best, best, the very best sports betting website around. BetOnline.ag, go over to the website, sign up right now, use promo code Believe, and get 50% up, up to 50% up matching your uh, initial deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, and I don't get any better with those intros at in time. You know, they're... Believe reached out and they said, "Hey Connor, let's let's do the ad reads more. Let's put the ads in there." And I always fumble them a little bit each time, guys. I'm still new to the ad reads world. I'm not a big fan of doing ad reads. I'd rather just do the podcast and all that stuff. But uh, we have to get some kind of compensation for doing this. Now we've been doing it for. Hey, this is about. You know, we're getting close to 120 episodes in. I mean, we we've done a lot of this podcast for a while now. So, uh, so excuse me for always tripping over my ad reads, but I got to get them in there, guys. But uh, as you can see, co-host Connor Miles, my co-host Ed Crass here. We just recently dropped our mock drafts this week, so we had we thought, well, what better thing to do than do a podcast and talk about them, right? So yeah. we're going to discuss our mock drafts, but I want to start this episode off real quick with uh, I'm doing another podcast venture right now. I'm co-hosting the Believe in po- uh, Jaguars podcast, and uh, yesterday we had Clay Harbor on the on the show, and uh, he said some interesting comments that regard that the Philadelphia Eagles and. Uh, that was about Chip Kelly, and I know everybody's like, "Oh my God, we gotta listen about another story about Chip Kelly again." But uh, for some reason, I love those stories. I love looking back on that that time and uh, see how you know tone deaf we were to the type of coach Chip was, the the type of person he was in that locker room, the the toxic culture he was actually creating behind the scenes. Uh, so to hear these former players, I know I've had Julian Vondervelde on the podcast before, and he's discussed this as well. But 
uh, to have Clay Harper come on the show and you know, he said some damning things about what Chip and the experience that personal experience he had with Chip Kelly. And uh, I'm going to play the little soundbite for you guys real quick, since I know you're not going to go listen to that Jaguars podcast. So uh, just check this out real quick. And this is Clay Harbor, the former Eagle side end. You know, Chip Kelly, you know, for me personally, I, I came in, I tried to be open minded, new coach. And to me, I felt personally he was treating me like like a college kid. He comes in and he I'm a tight end. I'm a number two tight end for the Eagles. Get drafted fourth round by Andy Reid. Number two tight end for three years. Have played and actually made plays, catches, blocks, like whatever. I, I, I'm an, uh, the number two tight end. For you the did all right. Yeah. yeah. He comes in and he moves me to outside linebacker. So I go from being a tight end for three years in the NFL to trying to play. Not a lot of people know the story. To try to play outside linebacker. So wow. I go to his office and I go, Chip. I go, hey, I know you got an open door policy. I don't want to cause any distractions. I know our tight end room, he drafted Zach Ertz that year. He signed James Casey, Derek Carrier, brought in a bunch of tight ends. Brent Selleck was on the team. I go, I'm buried in the, on, the, on the depth chart here. I, 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 I don't want to play linebacker. I think it's best if you guys release or trade me. He goes in the office and tells me why he's not. He goes, he goes first off, what makes you think any other team's going to pick you up? what makes you think you can play tight end for the, for the Patriots? He goes, they got Gronkowski and Hernandez. He starts listing off the teams that don't need a tight end. He goes, if I were you, I'd try to make this team as a linebacker. I go, Hey, I, I respect your opinion, but me personally, I do not want to play linebacker. I'm a tight end. I think I can play tight end in this league. And Chip, you know, ended up uh, basically telling me I couldn't play tight end and moved me back to tight end and training camp. He moved me to wide receiver. I finished off training camp as wide receiver. I'm playing with Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Jason Avant. I'm trying to run routes like those guys when I'm 6'4", 250 pounds. wasn't working. So, so finally, I got released, ended up signing for Jaguars. I ended up lasting longer in chip, and um, that was something that always stuck in my head. Just insane. I mean, what an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe how much of a toxic culture – Tip of your hat to Doug Peterson even more. <laughs> like, thanks for coming in here and really fixing everything with uh, what Chip Kelly screwed up. I mean, I don't want to, you know, revisit those times, Ed, but uh, from a guy covering the team, you're so close and deaf to that team during that time, uh, you know, being at the press conference with Chip Kelly or anything like that. Do you get those vibes too? Like, damn, this guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> My recollections of Chip Kelly is he would just, whenever he talked, he would just talk real fast and, um, not really say a lot, and then he would move on to the next thing. Everything was fast, 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 and that's the way he ran his practices. Um, you know, treated these college or uh, these professional men like college kids, uh, and it was a, an act that wore thin very quickly in that locker room. Um, you know, Clay Harbor's not the only one to voice complaints. You know, we heard Lane Johnson voice his complaints after Chip left. Um, and there are other players that just weren't happy. Jason Peters certainly wasn't happy with Chip Kelly. So, uh, you know, I, I think as the time passes, we'll probably hear more Clay Harbor type, uh, stories going forward. But yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting that Chip wanted to make him a, a, a linebacker. I mean, it's just crazy. He was a tight end for like three or four years before Chip even got to Philadelphia. So that's um, some college yeah. shit. I mean, that is something yeah. that they do in college where they'll. Yeah you know, make you play multiple positions. So he really did bring the the college atmosphere with him to the NFL when he first started. But enough about Chip Kelly. Let's get into our mock drafts, Ed. Uh, we all agree, as you can see, if you've read my mock draft, if you read Ed's mock draft, uh, we all seem to agree that 
it's going to be an edge rusher with the first pick. Um, so I picked David Jabo uh, out of Michigan. I've seen lately that he's been teetering around the Eagles pick at 15. Uh, he can go as high as seven, I believe, maybe even higher, but I, I would say at least seven to the 15 range is where you're going to see him go. Uh, Jermaine Johnson's stock has obviously completely risen, and I don't want to spoil Ed's pick. But that's who he was picking, but uh, I had him too. I had Jermaine Johnson there originally. I just didn't want to do the same pick as Ed. You know, I, I can I can be talked to any Ed Drescher into this draft. I mean, John McMullen had for us too with Javon Walker, and I can get easily talked into him as well. He's an athletic freak. Uh, so just going back to what I talked about in the mock draft, though, Jonathan Gannon's scheme, I saw that he would like to use Josh Wett in a stand-up manner a little bit, something that they do in Minnesota too with Daniel Hunter. So I'm looking at for that type of athlete. And I think, you know, if you got to pick those guys that are uh, in this draft as edge rushers, you would have to start with a job and then you have to look at Trayvon Walker as well. So I'm more on the side of what, what John and I are saying, but Jermaine Johnson is a, is a monster. He has a, an athletic motor and I'll let Ed go into him. Cause that's who Ed ended up picking. So Ed, go ahead. Yeah, I, well, I had Jermaine Johnson, but he—I don't think he's going to be there. And we had Daniel Jeremiah on a conference call today. He talked for almost two hours, um, and he doesn't think Trayvon Walker will be there either. He thinks both those guys will be in the top twelve uh, to get drafted. So you know that next group of guys he really likes. He liked Ajabo, uh, very raw. You know he's got some work to do, but he's got a good ceiling. And then he liked George Carlaftis from Purdue. Um, really, he just raved about. Carlaftis and John McMullen wrote a story that's on our on our site EagleMaven.com. Uh, you can read that. But he, you know, he said Carlaftis bought an apartment right near the workout facility, so he could be there every day. He's a workout warrior. He's he he loves the game. He's got passion for the game, uh, and he could be there at fifteen. But yeah, my pick. And listen, remember these mock drafts. We're doing them with no trades. We're doing them, you know, at the end of February, you know, before free agency, before the draft, before the combine. So. You know, we're, we're basing a lot of this off of, uh, you know, just some scouting reports that we've looked at, what we think the Eagles will do based on their past history and based on some Senior Bowl stuff. So, you know, Jermaine Johnson went to the Senior Bowl, looked fantastic, obviously helped his stock. He won't be there at 15. So that's who I took. But then if you get to the second round pick, I have them taking Greg Lloyd, a linebacker. I'm sorry, Greg Lloyd, uh, former Steelers linebacker. Devin Lloyd from Former Utah. Eagles linebacker, too. I remember Greg Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a different Lloyd. This yeah, is this Devin different. Lloyd. And, you know, like, I mean, it's a stretch. The Eagles are going to take a linebacker in the first round. Uh, you know, and again, you know, I asked Jeremiah that today is, do you see the Eagles maybe having a surprise pick, having the luxury of three first rounders? And could they go with a quarterback or a linebacker? And, you know, he was saying that, he doesn't – the Philadelphia Eagles will never draft another linebacker, and I wrrote about that. That's also on our site um, until Howie proves him wrong. And, you know, he kind of led into that by saying Dave Gettleman with the Giants, he thought he would never trade back in the draft. Gettleman did that last year after the Eagles leapfrogged Gettleman and the Giants and took Devontae Smith, which was the Giants' target. So he traded back uh, and gave up uh, his pick to go down to number 20 to take – the Kadarius Tony, but anyway, so, you know, listen, that's a stretch, but man, they could use Lloyd. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a six, three, 235 pound, uh, very fast, very good rusher. Um, he's the kind of guy that would make this defense better. I would give them a playmaker in my opinion, off the ball 
cover tight ends. We all know the damage that the tight ends did against this Eagles team last year. They scored 12 touchdowns, I think. They went for over 1,000 yards. They need somebody that can cover the tight end. And is it going to be a safety? Is it going to be a linebacker? Devin Lloyd, to me, fits that bill. But, again, you're on a limb when you predict the Eagles taking a linebacker in the first round. Who do you have with that second pick there at 16, Connor? Traylon Burks, and the reason why is because you cannot pass up on this kid. The, the, his size makes him a premium because of the way he can run routes. He's an athletic freak. He reminds me so much of DK Metcalf. Uh, I would love for the Eagles to pair him with Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. And, you know, Ed, the more I, you know, talk, you know I've said this too multiple times on the podcast, but uh, as the days go by and you you would assume, and again, this mock draft was assuming that they don't make any trades and, they stick with Jalen Hurts as quarterback. Making a heavy investment at wide receiver on the free agent market when your quarterback situation is still not settled might not be financially responsible. Uh, when you have all these guys on rookie salaries that are still developing as well as your quarterbacks developing, that might be the best recipes for success. And then if one of those once those guys are ready, if Jalen Hurts isn't your guy, you're bringing in you know Russell Wilson. You're saying, hey, Russell. You're going to be playing with uh, Traylon Burks. You're going to be playing with Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. How do you feel about that? Or, you know, anybody uh, for that matter. Even if the Deshaun Watson situation, the Eagles end up having interest with him. And if it clears up, uh, I just think, you know, when you, again, forget the the quarterback situation. When you can build a wide receiver trio and you look back what what the Eagles were successful when making a trio was with Jason Avant, uh, Deshaun Jackson, and Jeremy Macklin. That was a long-term trio for that team. They were all drafted within the same time frame of each other, at least. Uh, Traylon Burst, Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith, and Quez Watkins could do, do the same thing if you develop them long term uh, and grow with their growing pains, uh, just like you're planning on doing with Jalen Hurts. Maybe you do invest young in the wide receiver position, save some money on the free agent market, bring in a veteran guy that's not maybe like a Zach Pascal like you've written about, uh, but that doesn't pr- prohibit you from taking a guy like Traylon Burks at 16. So that's why I have them taken in there. And I love him. You know, I, I take the DK Metcalf. Comparison is dead on. <clears throat> yeah. Um, again, I, I keep parking back to Jeremiah because, you know, we just spoke to him a few hours ago for a very long time. But, you know, he likes Eagles taking a receiver, too. Um, he thinks Burks will probably be gone. Um, again, another one that won't be there. But he loves – he said his favorite wide receiver is Garrett Wilson. Is that his name, Garrett Wilson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he, he loves Garrett Wilson. Wide receiver, yeah. yeah, and he, you know, he thinks that that could be the Eagles' pick. But yeah, but he's in agreement with the wide receiver uh, being the guy. Me, I think defense. Listen, I my mock draft had three defensive guys going 15, 16, 19. Talked about the edge. Talked about the linebacker. My sec, my third pick in that round would be a safety, and I, I'm I've already come, kind of coming off of that. You know, safeties are you can find them there. They've been the college game has done a good job producing them in the last few years. You can find a, a safety in the in the third round, uh, the second round. So I had them taking the uh, what's his name, Dak, uh, Daxon Hill from Michigan with that 19th overall pick. But listen, my theory and, you know, whether it's Hill or not, it probably won't be, is I think you need to address every single level of this defense. I mean, it could be a cornerback there. Um, you know, there are a few, obviously, that uh, that are there to be had. Um, but I think you need to go all defense. I mean, you need to go line linebacker and, and back end safety. Um, that would be my philosophy. Uh, I'm not sure how he sees it that way, but they really need to, I think you find a receiver in the second or third round. Um, you know, Avant, you, you mentioned him. I think he was a fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously Macklin and Jackson came in the first round, I think, you know, a couple of years apart, but, um, 
you know, You're to me, player. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, I, to me, I don't see the receiver as that great of a need in the first round. I think you can find one in the second round, and I do have them taking one in the second round. But I'm going all defense in that first round, no doubt. No, I, I mean, I completely agree with that as well. But, uh, you know, I'm going to hinder on this. I don't know if you're familiar with this account on Twitter. Uh, Honest NFL is what it's called, the at Honest NFL on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, that person has ties to the Eagles front office and used to work for the Eagles front office, and he's consuming his identity uh, for obvious reasons, and it's fair. Uh, but clearly, with what the person is saying, multiple times you could tell that he was in some kind of capacity uh working for the eagles or at least has ties to the eagles front office mm-hmm. uh he mentioned something that caught my eye on twitter that harry roseman has completely changed his philosophy had he completely changed his draft philosophy heading into the 2021 draft and i think you can kind of see that ed i don't think i don't think normal i know jalen Rager's production after his rookie year left a lot to be desired as it still has been to date. But I don't think regularly, and I know they went wide receiver in round two in 2019 and then wide receiver in round one in 2020. But I don't know if how he would regularly dip back at wide receiver again if it wasn't for him just saying, I'm taking the best player available on my board and Stevante Smith right here. I'm going to go get the best player that was on my board. I was enamored with him. I'm going to trade up a little bit and get Devontae Smith right here. Uh, if that's his philosophy now, maybe maybe linebacker is a possibility. Maybe safety is a possibility. I mean, if they're sticking to their board and their, their board results and those guys being their best players available, uh, maybe Devontae Smith was the early case of him doing so. But I, I thought it was interesting to see him say that he's changed his philosophy completely at uh, taking the best player available. Because, I mean, again, Milton Williams was a luxury pick. You know, they just got Javon Hargrave. They they have Fletcher Cox. I know those guys are aging, but still taking Milton Williams there in the third round was a luxury pick. Uh, Leonard Dickerson, you could some at the time, someone argue was a luxury pick taking him in the second round because he wasn't protected to be a starter day one. So uh, maybe, maybe the tides have turned and he sticks to his board and says, you know what? That's the best player. I don't care what position he plays. I'm going to take him. I'm going to take the talent there. Let's make it work because uh, hard to argue against it with this past draft class because it worked. So let's see going forward. Yeah, I mean, listen, the best talent is on the on the edge. I mean, you know, could they double dip at edge rusher? I mean, you know, Jeremiah didn't think that was uh, too far fetched. And you talk about philosophy and how the, how his philosophy philosophy may have changed, but it hasn't changed as far as the offensive and defensive line. And Jeremiah thought, you know, they could go with two bigs uh, if they keep all three picks. You know, one on the O line and one on the D line. Because listen, that that's a philosophy that I don't think will ever change with Howie. I mean, he may change his philosophy on how he approaches the draft, but they still build along the lines. And, you know, he could go two edge rushers in the first round um, because that is a real clear need um, on this team. I mean, Brandon Graham, 34, coming off Achilles surgery, uh, you know, and then who do you have? I mean, you have Josh Sweat, obviously, but who else? Uh, You know, it's it's hard to look at that position and not be concerned. so that's not out of the question. It's not out of the question they could go offensive line. Um, but if they're going best player, maybe there is a receiver there that they think is the best player. But, you know, those edge rushers are very, very tough to ignore in this draft. There are very, very good ones that can help this team for years to come. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise those me. linebackers. Yeah, and, and linebacker. I mean, they need help on defense, in my opinion. And, and yeah, they'll put pieces around Hurts. You know, I think they'll get the receiver in the in the free agency. and. 
Um, you know, they'll draft one at some point, I think. And, you know, they could certainly use a running back. And that's the good thing is that Jeremiah talked about how there it's a very deep running back class that you could probably get on the third day in the fourth, fifth round. So, you know, the Eagles could go with a running back there. And I know in your mock draft, Connor, you have them going running back at some point in this draft. So, uh, you know, we'll see if that philosophy has changed in terms of best player available, but it won't change as far as the lines go. And, you know, they could go twice on the defensive line and one on the offensive line and shock everybody, but it wouldn't shock me because that's their philosophy. No, they want us to roll through the trenches. I'll be okay with it. Um, but I do have them taking a cornerback in the first mm-hmm. round, which they haven't done since Lito Shepard. Right. So that could also be a little bit of a surprise, but I have them taking Andrew Booth Jr. here at 19. Yeah. And the reason why is because this defense needs to force more turnovers. They need to pick off the quarterback. Yep. You can't rely on Darius Slay to get interceptions when teams don't even want to throw at him as is. So they need to bring in a guy to be cornerback two to eventually be the cornerback one of this team, the heir apparent Darius Slay. While you still have him in his prime, let him learn from Darius Slay, please, for God's sakes. <laughs> I mean, the cap hit for his contract these next couple of years is kind of dreadful too. Uh, get a guy in here that can, you know, I know we've talked about it on the pod. We literally last episode, but I mean, I don't, I don't have these guys. They brought in were day three picks. Like the, the guys they have for death were day three picks. They were day three picks for a reason. Yes. There could be a diamond in the rough that happens time after time, but to rely on that, I think is not the wisest move to make. I would go ahead and try to take one of these high caliber cornerbacks because this, this class, it's really cornerback defensive end and you know linebacker top heavy so go ahead dip into this cornerback class get a a ball hawking corner like andrew booth jr who is really great in doing both zone coverage and press coverage more so zone coverage and you saw it yourself how much soft coverage jonathan gannon was leaned on last year uh bring in a corner like andrew booth jr who can learn from Darius Slay, also don't have to rely on him as much because Avante Maddox stepped up last year. Uh, he'd be coming in the perfect situ- rookie situation to start right off the bat. Uh, and I would love to have Denar Wilson put his hands on him while he's still here as DB coach. BetterHelp is accustomed to online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Eagles Unfiltered listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Eagles. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. Take the time out, get your mental health in the right state of mind, and go to BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month by just listening to this podcast. That's BetterHelp.com slash Eagles. What's more important than a peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for to give you a peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN 
on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash That's Or use the code B-L-E-A-V. That's believe To get your 70% off your NordVPN plus and one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's NordVPN, promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get 70% off your first month plus an additional month free. NordVPN, have the peace of mind while you're online. So... Uh, that was my pick for 19. Who did you go with, Ed? You went with Daxton Hill. I, I think you already Daxton, brought that up. Yeah. Hill, yeah. But, you know, listen, you talk about turnovers. Devin Lloyd had four interceptions last year, and he had eight sacks, one forced fumble. I mean, this guy can fill it up. And you don't have it. to talk me into Devin Lloyd, <laughs> why don't you? Why? Yeah, you can, you can, you can wow. take that audio clip, and you can go ahead and email it to Howie now if you want. But uh, I, 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 hey, tell you right now, one of my favorite players in the NFL is Fred Warner. And the reason why is because he is the quarterback and the orchestrator of that San Francisco 49ers defense. Without him, they would completely fall apart. I guarantee it. I would love, love for Fred Warner, Darius Leonard, Bobby Wagner type impact on this defense who would make them immensely better. And it's kind of what this you know scheme depends on. Look what uh, Jonathan Gannon comes from. He comes from Darius Leonard. He comes from Eric Kendricks. And there are reasons why his defenses were successful with linebackers like that. And they wasn't so much with the Eagles defense without linebackers like that. So you don't have to talk me into it. But we can go ahead and send the, the soundbite to Howie Roseman real quick. Gotcha. Well, in the second round, if you want to go there, I mean, you know, we did talk about Dax Hill. But, you know, I after the three defensive players, I haven't gone with a receiver in the second round. I haven't gone with Jalen Tolbert. Uh, out of South Alabama, you know, first of all, his name's Jalen. I mean, the Eagles love guys named Jalen from Jalen Hurts to Jalen Mills to Jalen Rager. Why not go for another one? Jalen Tolbert. But, you know, kidding aside, I mean, the guy's 6'3", 190. He averaged 18 yards a catch last year. He's fast, had 82 catches for almost 1,500 yards. Um, he'll be there in the second round. I don't think he'll last much beyond that. But, um, you know, I think he's a good guy that, you know, you could, you could get. And I know Christian Watson from – uh, I guess North Dakota State, he's kind of rising up some boards, another tall guy, 6'4". But, you know, Ryan Tolbert to me gives you speed. He's has his ability to get open, um, and he gives you size. And that's something I think the Eagles need at the receiver. Uh, you know, one of the, the receiver spot is size. You know, they have a bunch of the guys that are hovering around six foot. I'm bringing a nice 6'3", 190 target here with Tolbert. Arguably agree. I think that's what I was just going to say. At least our mocks reflect what we think the Eagles need to add to wide, their wide receivers corpse at size. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Burks is 6'4". Mm-hmm. Uh, you just Christian Watson 6'4", too. I mean, they're huge freaks. And then uh, Jalen Torbert 6'3". I think we can all agree that's what we think the Eagles need to add, especially since they're probably going to dump J.J. Orsega-Whiteside, their best blocking wide receiver. So, add some size. <laughs> but I'm going to go into my pick, Chad Mumo, the linebacker out of Wyoming. And again, this would be the highest linebacker drafted by high Roseman since Michael Kendricks in 2012. Uh, I even think this is a stretch to say he goes linebacker in second round. These are premium picks to him and he doesn't use premium picks on premium positions. But like I just said previously, if his draft philosophy has changed, Chad Mumo should definitely be on his radar to change his uh, point of view and to take him in the second round. 
Uh, he reminds me so much of the other Wyoming linebacker that's uh, thriving in the NFL right now, the Cincinnati Bengals, Logan Wilson. You can definitely add, and, and the minute Chad Muma walks into this uh, Novacare complex, he's your best cover linebacker. So yeah. uh, the quarterback of the Wilson. defense. Yeah. If, he, if oh, he's like Logan, Logan Wilson, Wilson man, sign me up. I'll take Muma in a minute. Not guaranteeing it, but they come from the same school and they look they play the same style of linebacker. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if they have uh, similar careers. But that's definitely the guy I would bring in uh, in this draft if I'm not going to go one in round one. Yeah, I, yeah. Again, we agree. You know, you got to address the linebacker, you got to address the receiver, um, and and you're right. This could be an area where Howie goes linebacker in the second round. You know, frankly, I'm tired of doing the free agent linebacker dance. You know, with these guys, they sign on one-year deals that don't pan out. Eric Wilson, Corey Nelson, L.J. Ford. I know he went to Baltimore, and you know they used them, and he did well. But Zach um, Brown, yeah, Zach Brown. I mean, you know, come on, let, let's stop. Let's let's get a guy in here, that, you know, a high pedigree linebacker who you can invest in for the next three years on his rookie deal, and then see where you go from there. So, you know, I like Muma. Like I said, I love Logan Wilson. If he's anything like him, man, sign me up. But um, yeah, that's I guess that's the fifty-first overall pick and then they have another one on that second day uh in the third round who do you who do you have them going with uh going with in the third round i just want to reiterate this real quick though i would yeah. take Devin lloyd at 16 and run with it no matter what though, yeah he's there at 16 like yeah Andy, i know i like the kobe dean too but Devin lloyd's a different linebacker in my opinion i would take him and run but yeah the kobe dean, in- you know jeremiah brought him up he's he compared him to jonathan vilma who played 10 years in the league saints and jets uh, he's small. He's only six foot two and a quarter. And Vilma was also small, about six one two thirty. Um, but Vilma had ten very good seasons, and he compared him to Vilma that the guy was just dripping in instincts, and that's what he sees from the Kobe Dean. That you know he's not sure where he falls with NFL personnel. I mean, this guy could slide to the later part of the first round, the Kobe Dean, mm-hmm. um, just because of his size. But you know, Jeremiah is high on him. He's got him as one of his top ten prospects. But I I like Lloyd better. I just like his size better. And I like what he's able to do off the ball. Um, well, so that, that's who I would favor. Dean reminds me a lot of TJ Edwards style play. Now you can obviously upgrade TJ Edwards, but he is an ascending player, and that's why the Eagles extended him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to get a, an upgraded version, yeah, then Nicobe Dean would make sense. But I, I would want some more off the ball linebacker, the guy that can cover at least, and Devin Lloyd would be that guy. But I have Kirby Joseph in the third at pick eighty three. Uh, you're talking about safety. what I already thought about when I did this mock draft is you don't have to take a safety high in this draft. What you know, go back to Jonathan Gannon when he was a deep defensive bass coach with uh the Indianapolis Colts. He had a guy named Julian Blackman that they got out of Utah in the third round, and he made him an instant star right away. That's who I see in Kirby Joseph. And if I'm only gonna have Jonathan Gannon for one more year, because again, he was up for three head coaching jobs, I would only assume he's gonna be up for more. Uh people are looking past his production with the Eagles. Then I would want to at least get my give him uh, Kirby Joseph to get his hands on him to get it developed real quick, like he did with Julian Blackman in, in Indianapolis. So I think Kirby Joseph could be the perfect safety for this two cover two scheme that he runs, uh, two deep safeties, covers a lot of field, a lot of range. And again, I got a, a guy who can get his hands on the ball and pick it off. I would love Kirby Joseph here if he's available at 83, because again, he's a descending player in this draft as well. Yeah, you know, I have my safety at the 19th overall pick with Dax, uh, Dax Hill, but, um, you know, I'm already coming off of that. So, yeah, I could see them going safety in this round. Another guy like a Jalen Petrie from uh, Baylor uh, could be in this mix. Uh, maybe the uh, uh, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, perhaps. I mean, there, there are safeties, and Jeremiah alluded to this, there, there are safeties you can get on day two for sure if you don't go day one. And, and 
you know, already I'm rethinking my safety pick at 19. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with Kirby Joseph. They could go that route uh, here in the third round. But but the guy that I have them going with is um, the defensive tackle from Oklahoma, uh, Perry and Winfrey. Now, I'm not sure he's going to be there also at 83. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a pretty stout guy, 6'5", about 295. Um, you know, he's five and a half sacks last year. He's a guy that, um, you know, he, he he's pretty powerful in the middle of that, that uh, defense. And, you know, I can see them going tackle. I mean, they need, you know, they have Cox and Hargrave, but it might only be for another year that those two are playing together. And then you have Milton Williams. And, you know, Howie doesn't always draft guys in the draft. They step in right away. He's always looking two years down the road or three years down the road. And, you know, this could be one of those selections where Winfrey comes in and kind of works his way into the rotation, learns the NFL game, gets a little stronger, gets a little, you know, more weight on. Uh, and then he's ready to step in if Cox or and Hargrave leave. So, you know, I like a defensive tackle here. And Perry on Winfrey, if he's there, I'd grab him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they invest. Like, he's, they're going to – I I know I didn't have it in the mock because this is, again, this is what we would personally do if we had the Eagles selections at the time. But uh, I would be surprised if they didn't come out of the day – at least day two of the draft, investing in the trenches between day one and day two. I would be surprised if they didn't. But at – Pick 120 in the fourth round. Uh, had them going. Bailey Zapp. I think is that. I think I said that right. Zappy, quarterback out of Western Kentucky. Uh, you know, again, I don't think this is going to be a franchise quarterback. I think this is a guy that you can be consistent uh, second string quarterback for you and be a game manager if called upon. You know, similar to like when the Eagles took AJ Feely when they were already settled with Donovan McNabb. And they said, "Hey, McNabb's are McNabb was young at the time when they drafted AJ Feely as well, but they gave him a young." Back up where that was an affordable guy. Like I think they should return those routes again. Excuse me, those routes again, and do it with uh, Billy Zappi here in the fourth round. I think that'd be a great pick for them and a game manager if Jalen Hurts goes down. Because you got to well, trade Gardner Minshew. You got to take advantage of his trade market this offseason. Yeah, well, I think we're on the same page with the pick or you know the position with quarterback. I think the Eagles take a quarterback here as well. I just have them going with Akil Glass from Alabama A and M, and I don't know a whole lot about Glass just from what I've read. I've never seen him play. I know he was in the uh, HCBU game, uh, or HBCU. Didn't John John had him too, right? Yeah, McMullen had him yeah. also. Akil Glass, but I, you know, I know he's got good size. He's like six five, two fifteen, two twenty. He's a little thin, but you know, he's got good size. Eagles like taller range quarterbacks, taller quarterbacks. At least they have in the past. Now, obviously, Jalen Hurts isn't a tall quarterback. And he's mobile too. I think yeah, it, and, and it, fits, it fits the system. It fits the yeah. offense. If, if it fits the offense you're putting around the quarterback currently, yes, yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, I do think the Eagles are going to take a quarterback. It's just when, and this kind of feels like maybe the spot where they go for one. And who knows what quarterbacks will be there? Bailey Zappi could be there, or, or Akil Glass, or you know, Sam Hartman, or you know. And it was interesting because I asked Jeremiah this too about the quarterback. You know, who, are, you know, is kind of in that next tier after you know the big six or seven that he has. And he mentioned Jack Cohen, um, the the uh, Wisconsin quarterback who went to Notre Dame this past year. He said, I haven't seen much tape on him yet, but he's somebody he wants to study uh, and wants to see at the senior or at the uh, combine next week uh, as far as where he fits. But he thinks, you know, he's going to have a third day uh, grade on Jack Cohen. So that's another name that to, you know, keep in the back of your head there. You went with your pick, right? Yeah, you did. Okay. So my next yeah. pick in the fifth round at 160 is the Clondre White. Uh, the running back out of South Carolina. I love his tape. I think his film is really, really good. And it's not enough to go off of him to 
get him you know when a guy has a lack of tread on his tires though that does kind of boost his draft stock in the nfl's eyes because you can put a huge workload on him if you can see the talent on the film and that that that's that appeals every nfl team so he might go higher in the fifth round just based on that alone but he reminds me so much of kareem hunt Uh, i think if you're unsure about miles sanders like we'd say this last episode they the organization maybe i think you can go ahead and draft Sikandre white give him to the number one rushing uh ranked offense let him be developed by this team that got the most out of jordan howard who thought he was going to retire the most out of boston scott has ever had in his career and kenny gamewell as well had seven rushing touchdowns as a rookie who was out of football completely the year prior uh give a guy like Zachandre white who has a ton of potential and you might have your thunder to Kenny Gamewell's lightning for years to come with that pick. I would love it here in the fifth round. Yeah, I think it's a good thought. I mean, this could be the sweet spot for a running back. And I gave some serious thought to a running back, Hassan Haskins from Michigan, uh, with this pick, you know, bowling ball, big style runner, kind of like a Jordan Howard. Um, But I ended up ultimately going with Dylan Parham, the guard slash center from Memphis, a little undersized. I think he's only about 285. He needs to gain some weight has good size, has good mobility, and he's got that versatility of guard center, um, you know, with an eye towards, you know, eventually finding a replacement for Isaac Ciamalo or, Brand, you know, obviously Brandon Brooks this year, maybe Isaac Ciamalo after this year. Um, you know, Jack Driscoll has not been healthy these last couple of years, obviously hasn't been able to finish seasons, not on the IR. So that's a concern. So I had them go in interior offensive line. And again, Parham, I've seen in different mock drafts, he could go in the third round. I'm not sure he's sitting here in the fifth round either, um, but this could be a sweet spot, like you say, for a running back. And uh, that white kid from South Carolina certainly is good. But there's a, there's a few other guys that they could lean toward too at the you know at that position in this round. They could draft the running back higher than the fifth round, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean they could go fourth round again, based on what Jeremiah said. It's really not you know there's not any first round talents. You know maybe there's a second round guy. Maybe this kid Hall from Iowa State. He hasn't really seen much of him yet. Maybe he sneaks into the first round. Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M, possibly a first rounder. But I I, I think Damian Pierce goes in the third round because of uh, how he played at the Senior Bowl and the lack of tread on his tires. Yeah, you know, Pierce wasn't even mentioned by Jeremiah. I mean, he's a, he's an interesting cat. I mean, he could be there. He could be there at this spot. I don't know. I mean, the running back is a, is an interesting I just didn't position. think so. That's the reason why I would have picked him if I thought that. But I yeah. I don't think so. But I, that senior bowl is really impressive. I, I heard yeah. a lot of teams were impressed by his senior bowl and how they, he's a sending player right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, the next pick, I had them going uh, Derek Desi, Desi Jr., the tight end out of San Jose State. Uh, you know, I think the Eagles can upgrade the receiving tight end position. I don't think Tyree Jackson is the savior that everybody crowned him as as a preseason standout. Uh, again, two major injuries, and you know he's still transitioning from quarterback to tight end. I'd rather go with an experienced guy and then have you know Jack Stoll be your run blocking tight end. That's a perfect trio, and two of those guys were on rookie deals while you just gave Dallas Goddard a monster contract. So it makes perfect sense to me. Ed, who did you end up picking? Yeah, well, I like the tight end pick, and I have them taking a tight end later. Um, but right now I have them going because I didn't have them take a cornerback in the first round like you did with Booth. I have them taking a cornerback here. Uh, and it's a small school kid, Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. Um, I like his size, 6'3", 197. He's a lanky guy. I'm not sure he's going to be a starter in the NFL, but I think he can give you minutes on the edge. You know, He'd be a good depth guy. Maybe he can become a starter, but 
Um, I just like him. I like his competitiveness. I like, you know, you know, again, I haven't seen him play, but, you know, from all accounts that I've read, you know, he's got good size. He's got good length. He's a very good rangy player. He can tackle. Um, so he's a guy that I have them taking in the fifth round. It's just a sixth round. This is a sixth round. So Jeremiah Hill, or I'm sorry, uh, Joshua Williams from, uh, from Fayetteville state. That is the fifth round. Yeah. There's the fifth round. Now we're getting into the sixth round now. Yeah. Um, the sixth round at 193, I had them taking Dawson Deaton. And for the reasons that you stated for Dylan Farmer, uh, Dylan Farmer, I think, you know, I look at, you know, Jason Kelsey's size was an anomaly at center. I think they want to have a guy with huge size for this offensive line to go with the rest of the big maulers that they have on that line. And, you know, Deaton would be that, that guy that fits that build. He's played just like Landon Dickerson. He's played guard. He's played center. He's played tackle, a huge mauler. And again, you can develop him for a year because of all likes and reports. You're getting Jason Kelsey back for 2022. So that's a guy I would pick. I don't think you need to take Jason Kelsey's replacement in the first round or day one or day two, especially with him returning this year. Uh, I think the Eagles with all the holes on their team need more immediate impact from these uh, premium picks that they're having when the first couple rounds. So I think you can take a guy in day two, I mean, excuse me, day three, and develop him and still become get a starting center out of that guy. Uh, they did it before Jason Kelsey. They've done it before Jamal Jackson was undrafted free agent. Hank Fraley wasn't drafted very highly either. Let's go ahead and you know go ahead and trust the the process that they've done before with the center position and see if they get it in, in the day three pick. And I think Dean would be a great guy to uh, develop and be a huge, huge person. Yeah, that's a good thought. Um, this is where I have him going tight end. The kid, another Oklahoma guy, Jeremiah Hall. Um, I like his flexibility. He's a guy you can line up as a fullback if Nick Sirianni chose to use a fullback. And, you know, there's there's no he, – he may. He may ultimately choose to go with a fullback, not all the time. But, you know, Hall's a guy that can go back and block. He's a guy that can play, you know, a slot back. He he can play tight end. He's not the greatest size 6'2". But he, he's caught, I think, 15 and 12 to 15 touchdowns in just three years at Oklahoma. He's had 32 catches this past year for about 345 yards. So, you know, he can catch the ball, but he gives that added versatility of being able to block uh, as a fullback. And I'm assuming that his blocking as a tight end is pretty good, too. Now, I know you have one in Stoll, but maybe he catches the ball better than Stoll. But I think they do need to look at the tight end. You can't count on uh, Tyree Jackson, two big injuries in one year the back injury where he broke a couple uh bones in his back didn't need surgery but then the acl week 18 he probably won't be ready until who knows when you know a month into the season if then um so yeah i think you need to look at a tight end spot they got lucky with stole undrafted free agent great signing by them but i think they do look at a tight end maybe a little bit later in the draft like you uh you have them doing uh, around earlier than I do. But yeah, I think we're on the same page that tight end is a position they could look at. Absolutely. And I mean, again, like I said, you probably would want, after you're paying Dallas Goddard what you're paying him, you probably want him on a minimum salary. And what a better way to do so than get him as a rookie salary. But yeah. uh, to round out the draft, my last pick at 206, Obina Eze, the offensive tackle for TCU, might have butchered his name. I don't know. We'll figure it out if they draft him, which they most likely will. Uh, they fit that TCU quota for offensive linemen. Uh, every big V Matt Pryor is his next. And again, this guy's a mammoth. This guy reminds me like, you know, not, I don't want to say that he's going to become the next Jordan Mulata. Cause I don't, I don't believe that it's, you know, that's a diamond in the rough right there. But, uh, from an inexperienced or, you know, not such a raw player. Uh, he reminds you of that 
Jordan Molata type rugby type guy with the way with his uh, power and the way how huge he is. So uh, give a guy like that to Jeff Stoutland. They need to develop a swing tackle for the future. I mentioned that in the piece. I think this guy would be that guy for them there. And again, they had a perfect swing tackle from TCU last time, Big V. Hopefully they can strike gold again with Izzy. Yeah, tackle could be a need. I mean, Lane Johnson's not getting younger. But, you know, I think with Andre Dillard on this team, I mean, clearly he's a left tackle. Um, so if you need somebody to step in, Mulata would go to right tackle. Really not fair to Mulata, but he can play that side. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, we're both in the same uh, ballpark here with our positions. You're, you're in the trenches. I'm in the trenches with this pick. I have them going uh, with an edge rusher from North Dakota State, Braden Thomas, 6'3", 260. Um, you know, went to Bismarck High School in North Dakota. He had nine sacks last year for the for the North Dakota State, and uh, I like his size. Um, so you know, just it's always a crapshoot with that seventh round pick. And you know, they took Patrick Johnson last year, uh, linebacker from uh, Tulane, who you know he got on the field. Have, this is a sixth round pick. They don't have a seventh round pick. Yeah, right, is, right. Okay. Yeah. Pick. yeah, yeah. So they will. They will have a seventh round pick though. But probably. Yeah, this is. This is. Their sixth round pick, but yeah, but um, yeah, I just think they go with an edge rusher here, you know. And again, the sixth round picks, the, the deck is stacked too. Quez Watkins was a sixth round pick and he did well, but tough to make it as a sixth round pick. Um, Marlon Tua Pulatolu, <laughs> butcher that every time, but Tui Pulatu, uh, he was a sixth round pick last year. Kobe Stevens, I think, was a sixth round pick, but I mean, again, practice squad, the yeah, practice squad is Steve. so is so usable nowadays where you can just bring a guy up whenever you need to that most draft pick your, your whole entire class is pretty much making your, your team because of what the practice squad rules are nowadays. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, my sixth round making the practice squad and develop. That's what they should be doing to be honest with you. Yep. But, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you that that pick is wrong though. And the only reason why I'm going to say it's wrong is because the Eagles actually have a a contract that states they cannot draft anybody out of North Dakota state for the next (laughs) 10 years. So no yeah. more buys in for the Eagles. It doesn't work out. Uh, Chris, so Watson, Christian sorry. Watson I, I know yeah. I love him too, but yeah. they have to stick with their deal. What they made with the devil uh, when they won the Super Bowl. No more buys in for the Eagles. Yeah. So I hear that's you. the only pick that I think you made is wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, it makes sense. Hey, Jet, Dallas Goddard's a Dakota boy, but he's from the South Dakota. South, that's right. We were okay with yeah. the South. It's he the it's the bison we have the beef with. Yeah, the beef. I like it. Yeah, the bison, <laughs> the beef. Good, good pun there. All right, guys, thank you for sticking through this whole entire episode where we went over our mock draft with you guys. Let us know what you think. Again, you can go to si.com slash NFL slash Eagles to read Ed, John McMullins, and my mock drafts as well. And also insight on this Daniel Jeremiah interview that they just had with his press, uh, his conference call he just had. Uh, some great insight from Jeremiah there. Ed has written some pieces on it. Jer- uh, John McMullen just wrote a great piece on George Koloftis. I mean, I think it's all, you know, it's so painfully obvious at the first pick is rounding up to be an edge rusher. I mean, even, I don't know if you know this today, but Jeff McClain for the Inquirer put out that piece on Jermaine Johnson, maybe leading his uh, career to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, are we just, <laughs> let's not make it so obvious now, guys. Come on. <laughs> let's. We want to make teams think we're not taking an edge rusher. It's, it's better when they think we're not doing that, not when we do. Yeah, well, I think. Teams know that the Eagles need edge rushers. When you look at the personnel. Well, when you're 31st in sacks, you need an edge rusher. That's for damn sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back soon. We appreciate all the support. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.